Welcome to the Radical Departures podcast, your source for startup storytelling. We're your hosts, Abby and Chris. You'll hear informative discussions full of valuable expertise and actionable insight on the issues you face when launching and growing your startup. This is episode 27 of the Radical Departures podcast. Our guest today is François Véron, managing partner of the venture capital firm New Fund. In this episode, François shares about New Fund's development over the last 10 years, methods they use to choose where to invest, how they have managed to build a truly distributed team, some of their amazing portfolio companies, and so much more. For anyone looking to get inside the mind of a successful and innovative French investor, this episode is not to be missed. So without further ado, here's episode 27 with François Véron. So we're here today with François Véron, managing partner of New Fund. Welcome, François. Hi. Tell us about your background and about New Fund. I discovered this area of entrepreneurship in 1999. And I think a lot of people in my generation had this experience with what we called at that time, the internet bubble. Of course, experience with new technologies was earlier, but my personal background is more in management and uh, development of sales, marketing, things like that, finance. I'm not specifically an engineer and I do not have, and that's great, I do not have any particular experience in computer science. That's how I made this encounter with this fantastic new world. And uh, I did it. I didn't want to quit. I became a venture capitalist in 2001. I joined a small French fund and I created New Fund in 2008 with the support of entrepreneurs that I had previously backed and supported financially. They had good exits. Their personal relationship was very positive and New Fund really came from that, from that support of entrepreneurs and this kind of relationship, VC entrepreneur. 2008 was pretty early in the French VC world, no? It was early for the new kind of, of fund that we wanted to build. We, at that time, there was practically no fund backed primarily by entrepreneurs or family offices. There were some funds, but uh, backed only by institutionals and mostly uh, government-funded structures. That was early for that dimension. They were pioneering the venture space because there has been venture capital in France since 1980s with ups and downs, busts at the end of the 80s, restart from nothing in the mid-90s, and not many funds. Uh, you know, we don't have in France endowments or pension funds. Retirement is not channeled to uh, financial markets. So all the financing of the economy relies on banks and banks don't invest in venture capital, don't invest in funds in general and don't invest in venture capital. So the background, the financial infrastructure in France and continental Europe as a whole is fundamentally different from what you have in the United States. So the idea of a fund is not exotic because it's how it works to finance entrepreneurship. But the financial structure behind that is not as large as it can be in the United States. Is some of that about being risk averse in Europe? You can see it that way, but I, I would be very cautious about the cultural approach. You take risk when you want reward. I mean, nobody likes risk for risk. I think it's all the studies about the human beings are very clear about the fact that you prefer 
to avoid losing something, even if the award is higher than the potential loss. The human being is not like plus one, minus one is like zero. Minus one hurts. And all our brain and all the development, you have a lot of studies about that, show that people don't like risk. So when people take risk, is that it's because they think it, it's really, it's worth it. So it's true that in the United States, if you have no money, uh, you don't have education, you don't have uh, hospitals, going to hospital is something that can become a nightmare. Retirement is not granted for many people. So you have to do something with your money so that you can face these different basic needs in the developed world. In France, all that is free or free or granted. Right. Retirement is not free, but it's paid by repartition, as right. we call it. And so uh, you're entitled to some rights because you've, you've worked and the... you paid it. But actually, the retirement of the people who are now currently retired is paid by people who are working today. It doesn't go through the transformation of financial markets. If you don't have to make something from your savings, probably you prefer to buy your house than uh, chase uh, high-risk, high-reward uh, opportunities. I prefer to look at things like the financial infrastructure, which actually can be changed, than stick to cultural trends who are not great hope for change and evolution. And how does New Fund play into that? What do you do with New Fund? What we're doing in our mission, when we created the fund, that was really to support entrepreneurs and their venture in a sense that we thought was different. The only question that we ask ourselves is, do we think we should put our money at work in this venture? And you have a lot of people relying on technical expertise. What they're trying to judge is if the project is going to work or is the entrepreneur a good entrepreneur? in absolute terms. It's not fundamentally different questions. I mean, obviously, I want to, if I put my money at work in a company, I should be, I should trust the project, I should trust the person. But it's not exactly the same angle. It means that, for example, something fundamentally disruptive, you can trust the fact that the person is going to do well or that you want to put your money at risk because you think it deserve it, but you're not certain that the project will have all the chances to succeed. It's something different. I will take a very practical example. We invested in 2010 in a company called MedTech Surgical, which was developing a surgical arm, like a third arm for the surgeon. So it's for brain surgery. It's very complex. It's linked to very sophisticated protocols. They help cure uh, epilepsy, for example. So obviously it's not benign diseases. And you can look at this opportunity, investment opportunity through different angles. You can say, I want to do it because they're going to save lives and that's good. That's a little bit of philanthropy. That's not economically rationalized. You can say that the robot is working. So you'll be very practical. You will ask some surgeons that already had some people using the robot, but that doesn't prove that you have a large market. Then you can say, okay, what is my personal opinion on surgical robotics? It was very nascent at that time. And so you're in the very difficult uh, situation of validating a nascent market or not validating it. And, uh, you know, it's a, there's a famous joke, somebody going to Africa and saying, well, there's no market for shoes because everybody's going, it's barefoot. Strong disruption are like this. By definition, the market doesn't exist. And if you ask yourself the question, is this company going to succeed? 
you have a lot of hypotheses to do about what's the right protocols that are going to be used by surgeons. Are they going to accept uh, robots? Are people being having the diseases, are they ready to have this sort of mechanic intervene on their body and so on and so on? What is regulation? What's going on? What's the size of the market? What are the countries where the robot will be used? You also have some regulatory questions and so on. It's almost impossible to address this question. So if you go into this direction, it's like a dead end. Right. If you ask yourself, well, is this thing working and am I ready to support this venture? We don't know exactly where we're going, but this is interesting and I have a share of capital. Sorry for being a little bit financial here. That is interesting. And so you have this notion of risk reward on the table. Then you're more open. A lot of people can say, I don't like financial people. I want to have industrial people who understand what I'm doing and so on. Actually, when you're talking about entrepreneurship and disruption, it's, it's not bad to have some financial people because they're more open. They're not trying to say that what you're doing is not interesting because it has been tried a couple of years ago when it didn't work or that you could do it cheaper because you're an industrial guy and you know how to you would re-engineer it and so on. That's very frictional. If you use it well, finance helps openness. So our mission was really to embody this approach. That is, we think that you can bring experience, you can bring competence. It's not trying to re-engineer the, the thesis of the entrepreneur. What's important is to listen to him and see how you can trust him or her. That's what we try. That's our approach. And that's why that's our little music that we're developing. And that's our mission. And what have been some of the biggest obstacles that New Fund has faced so far? Real challenge to onboard people who are going to work at New Fund and who can have this strong belief, who accept not to, to apply rules and say, OK, an investment thesis in New Fund is like I invest in SaaS and I want to have that minimum of turnover and I want to have this kind of entrepreneurs because, for example, I like second-time entrepreneurs or I like teams with two entrepreneurs like a male and a female or two of the same sex or the same age or one computer science and one more commercial background. Very All limiting. This, this side of rules and say, well, the success has this kind of pattern mm -hmm. and I'm going to apply this pattern and see if I want to pursue this the study of the investment opportunity that I'm just right now studying. Since we're opening, very open, you need people who like this opening and who can face it. It's a challenge. And so I would say that the major challenge, I wouldn't say obstacle, but is in recruitment of people who share our view of investment and who want to deploy it. So in terms of recruiting people who will go along with this open-minded philosophy, do you look for former entrepreneurs? It's very important that people have at least some kind of entrepreneurial experience. Maybe not very successful, but that they understand what are the challenges of the entrepreneurs. And why do you say not successful? Just that they don't have to have been successful? or Because sometimes, I think that failure and humility is very important for VC. I think that the qualities of the successful entrepreneurs in terms of ego, of ambition, of control are very different from the quality you require from an investor. It means that what is important is to have this entrepreneurial experience. The fact that you didn't succeed, so it's a question of luck, but it can also be a question of leadership, of quality. You're not forced to have these qualities as an investor. So it's not a problem that you don't have them. And I personally think that some of the qualities that make a very good entrepreneur 
make a very bad investor. An entrepreneur wants to have his or her way, and they're going to be very disruptive. They're good. And they're going to discard certain limitation of the real life because that's how their venture can bring something new in the world, I would say. An investor needs to take in account a reality that's going to impose itself without the leverage that an entrepreneur can have. We're minority stakeholders. We're not doers. We can help entrepreneurs. We can provide as many resources as we should, but we're not in control. And it's very important to understand that we're not in control. And a very bad investor would be an investor who thinks that he or she is in control, which is not the case. We're minority investors. We're supportive people. So that's a very strong difference between an entrepreneur and an investor. And what's your approach once you've invested in a startup, once you've made that agreement, how do you accompany them along their journey? It's not a one-size-fits-all. So we're really working hand-in-hand with the entrepreneur. What is important is to understand where we can help. So we don't think there is a blueprint for development, like you know the board package that every entrepreneur at Newfound should uh, comply with, and this will make the dialogue work. I'm sorry to say that, because we're in 2018, we have almost every part of our life is computerized. We have a lot of tools everywhere. We're talking artificial intelligence, even trustless protocol like the cryptocurrencies and so on. However, for the moment, we're talking in our business, we're talking money, we're talking success, we're talking trust, and not two human beings are exactly on the same line on these categories. So what is important is is to be able to be effective, to make oneself understand and make oneself understand on complex issues like you're going in the right direction or you're going in the wrong direction is something that is difficult. We have our set of tools. We have a toolbox of different instruments that can be very helpful for the entrepreneurs in terms of recruitment, in terms of operating partner, uh, helping entrepreneurs on the go-to-market strategy. We have uh, Henry in the U.S. who can help entrepreneurs in their international expansion. We have a lot of experience into working the product market fit, things like that. That's experience, that's resources. But the way we assemble all that and dialogue with the entrepreneur is very specific to uh, each of them. And what are some success stories that you can share? We talked about the surgical robotic. This company, when we invested, had three robots in operation and only in French hospitals. When Zimmer Biomet, which is a very large American company in in the orthopedic field, made an acquisition offer, uh, the company had almost 100 robots in operation, uh, had expanded in the United States, in China, in Australia, in the UK, in Russia, in Canada. You had a lot of publications uh, based on the robot, scientific publications, and you even had... Uh, some protocols that were not performed in the United States because of economic constraints that were able to be implemented thanks to the robot. Because, for example, I was talking earlier on the protocol on epilepsy. This protocol without the robot takes like eight hours. With the robot, it's like one hour and a half, two hours. So eight hours of protocol in the United States, it's like, it's a nightmare. And if you had the insurance on that and so on. So the protocol that was performed in France, for example, was not performed in the U.S., not because it was not working, but because it didn't find its way to the patient. It was fascinating to work at the, like at the border of science and industry and improving of really the life of the people. This 
experience with MedTech was probably one of the most fascinating journey that we had at Newfound. We can uh, mention another one that is very interesting that is now finalized because we had the exit, which is Mob Partner, which is a company in mobile advertising. The company grew in like four years from four to 70 people. So Mob Partner opened offices in Beijing, in San Francisco, in London, in the UK, and was acquired by Cheetah Mobile, a large application development company. We also have a lot of fascinating companies that were still a shareholder of. In a very atypical space, to give you an example of the diversity of the people we support, uh, we invested in a company called Camping Car Park. Camping Car Park is uh, building a network of parking areas and hospitality areas for uh, recreational vehicles. Uh, you have like 600,000 RVs that cross France at one point or another of the year. This was not possible without new technologies because it cannot be uh, supervised by a human being. It's, it's not cost effective. And the use of new technologies in reservation and, and supervision and access control and so on enabled us to create this brand we now have more than 100 parking areas. It's a company that is now expanding outside uh, the borders of France. So it's a very practical business, almost real estate, completely reinvented by digital tools. And they're now building a community of the people who are using the parking areas and who can share tips, uh, become friends. Uh, so they're building a community top of that. That's an example we have many uh, since the creation of the fund in 2008. We invested in over 70 companies. We have 20 of them operating in the U.S. and uh, like 50 in France. I was going to ask what percentage of the companies that New Fund invests in expand internationally or is that a goal for most of them? Not only to the U.S., but... Yeah, of course. If there is a sense regarding the business... It's very, we consider it's our duty to be able to support this international expansion. We don't want to force companies to be international. We think that some business can remain for some time relatively local and it shouldn't be considered as a flow. We think that every business is interesting in the sense that it's our duty to adapt the capital intensity to what people can build in terms of assets. We don't try to find companies that fits our model. Always this, this uh, temptation, this effort to adapt to the realities and to the project of the entrepreneurs. So that's why we think that there is no flow in, in remaining uh, local for the time that is relevant. But if we look at the portfolio, uh, we have over 50%, probably over like 60% of the company that have a real and justified international development plan. And speaking about being international, New Fund is international. Yeah. So tell us about what that's like to build a distributed uh, company. Yeah, we thought that in today's world, there is no such thing as a French VC. I'm not sure that even a Californian VC is that relevant because I think it's very important to understand what's going on elsewhere. With the mobiles, with the very large platforms that we all know and uh, a company is very scalable. That means that when you have one ID that is relevant in France, you have probably one person in Germany that has the ID, two person in the UK, 10 in the US, 100 in China, maybe 150 in India. So velocity is key, agility, adopting the best technology, using the best tools. And so openness is a key element. And benchmarking 
and taking the best practices and then hybridation and be able to make the best connection between entrepreneurs, uh, entrepreneurs and other kind of companies. So we decided to uh, begin to invest in the United States in 2013. Uh, we followed also some flips from French companies becoming American. We supported the commercial development of some French companies developing themselves in the United States, supported the installation of some entrepreneurs, French entrepreneurs, developing their company, creating the company in the United States. And at the end of the day, we also invested in purely American companies. And all along this time, we reinforced our presence. And since May 2017, we now have a full office. Henry, our U.S. partner, is based in Los Altos, close work to Palo Alto, and um, regularly travels all across the United States. Uh, we have about 50% of our U.S. companies based in California and 50% in other areas outside California. Not just New York? Now there is one in Boston, two in Atlanta. In terms of team building, how do you maintain that sort of thread throughout the whole new fund in both offices, both countries? That's one of our great challenge. So we have our investment committee where everybody participates. We also have a lot of collaboration tool that didn't exist a couple of years ago and that makes this kind of collaboration so much easier. Henry regularly comes to Paris. We also make sure that every person in the team, French team, regularly goes to the United States. I'm not saying that we have the key for the success, but uh, definitely there is one team and uh, everybody in the team is so happy that there is this kind of different angle that is so helpful. So moving forward, what's your vision for New Fund over the next few years? Is to continue on this direction. We want to expand in other countries. We think we have the tools to do it. And again, being on different geographies, like different sectors, helps you increase, improve your expertise. So we're definitely a fan of that. We actually made a first investment in China one year ago. We want to increase collaboration inside the team. A couple of years ago, VC team was made of like three partners, some analysts, and we had, at least in France, sometimes a Malthusian approach, saying that the smaller you are, the most selective, the more selective you can be, and that's good for returns. I think the world has, is changing, and today, if you can have more resources in the firm with collaboration between the people, not everybody attached only on his or her deals, but being able also to bring some kind of expertise to the other partners, the other people working in the team, that's one key for success. So we're going to increase this collaboration and invest in the, in the tools that help us in that respect. You also have a presence. So, so much has changed in France over the last few years. New Fund has a presence at Station F now. What was the thinking behind that? We think that Station F is a game changer. They're incubating like, 700 or 800 companies. We think it's also very important to be as close as possible to the entrepreneurs. So it's not very easy when entrepreneurs are scattered all around Paris. We decided to put our offices at one of the central places, more the most accessible place in Paris with all the subways and so on. We're near Madeleine. But with this opportunity to be close to a lot of entrepreneurs, we thought it's very good to have our second office there. So every week, we spend some time there. We organize meetings. We tell people we're there. It's a very open-door policy. People can jump in and uh, 
without uh, all the hassle of organizing a meeting, setting a time and so on. And I believe very much in the fact that winning organizations today are organizations which are the least frictional possible. Friction is not great. And we all should reinvent regularly our business in trying to find the different uh, steps to move forward to avoid, to destroy the potential friction. So, for example, for an entrepreneur taking meeting with a VC, going to his place and so on, it's not a huge friction, but sometimes it's a friction. If we can be there where they are, we're happy to do it. As smooth as possible. As smooth as possible, as quick as possible. We have one rule at Newfound. You send us an email in 48 hours. We assess the investment opportunity and we answer either we're asking for some additional information if it's not exhaustive, but if we have the basic information to assess the investment opportunity, either we say it's not for us or we give a date for a meeting. And the date for a meeting is not in three weeks' time. It's like 10 days maximum. We're not exactly at the Silicon Valley standard where everybody can have a meeting in 48 hours, but we're progressing. And how do you see the investment climate in particular in France changing? Uh, the market has fundamentally changed. Five years ago, you had like 650 million euro invested in startups per year. Last year in 2017, you had 3.5 billion euro invested. So that's almost six times multiplication of the size of the market in five years. That's huge. Other figure we should consider when we're looking at the French market is relative size to the United States. With 3.5 billion, which is huge for the French market, we're still 118th, almost 120th of the size of the United States, which is not the respective size of the economies and even less the respective size of the population. So we're in a very specific situation where the local market is exploding with some tensions on, for example, the availability of developers, where some companies being obviously overfinanced with the quality of the support of the ecosystem not completely there. And that's normal. And that, I mean, it's improving. I'm nothing negative here. But when you have a market growing at that pace, people need to adapt. For example, the exits didn't adapt. Uh, we still have very tiny exits compared to the money uh, invested in the startups. But at the same time, we're still tiny compared to uh, the major platforms. So it's probably an unstable situation. And uh, I do hope that France will continue to grow at that space. Francois, thank you for joining us. And to finish, we like to ask all of our guests, how do you define success? That's a good question. I would say that success is that you can continue to move forward in emphasizing where you're good at and trying to uh, improve where you're not that good at. It means that sometimes we're confronted with extreme marks of success that are based on luck or that are based on the sort of caricature of some qualities. Sometimes that doesn't last. And I think that there is a sense of harmony in success that uh, we should always consider. wraps up another episode of the Radical Departures podcast. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter and join us next time on Radical Departures.